Well, today we're starting a brand new series called How Do I? And we've all got these big questions in our life sometimes, not the, you know, how do I survive a shark attack question, although if you're headed to the beach, that might be something that you Google. But we've got these big questions sometimes, and uh, we, we need answers to them. And, and so if we go to the one who's got the answers for everything, and we hear his truth, and we start acting on that truth, it's going to make an impact in our lives, and it's going to better position us for God to use us to make an impact on someone else's life. And so today, the question that we're looking at, the how do I question, is how do I hear God's voice? How do I hear God's voice? You know, uh, over the years in ministry, this is one of the most asked questions I've heard over and over and over and over again. How do I know God's speaking to me? How do I hear God's voice? How do I know it's just not me? How do I know that it's not the devil? You know, you, you hear this a lot. How do I hear God's voice? And, and I, I think it's a great question because it immediately off the bat, it makes the assumption that God is speaking. God is speaking. Unfortunately, there are certain circles in the church today where certain people think that God is done speaking. They, they believe that when the last of uh, Jesus' original disciples passed away, then that was also the end of certain moves of God and that God is done speaking. But we don't interpret the scriptures that way, and that is certainly not our experience as we just saw just now. God is still speaking. In Dallas Willard's book, Hearing God, he said this. He said, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we can ever do to people is to tell them that they can have a personal relationship with God. Right? Doesn't that not make sense? Hey, God wants to have, wants to be in relationship with you. He just doesn't ever want to talk to you. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And so God wants to have an active relationship with us, which means he wants to speak to us. And he wants us to speak to him. But today we're talking about the him speaking to us part. In John chapter 16, Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come and he would speak to us. Often, it's like what Jody was just talking about. It's an impression. It's an impression that you get that you need to pay attention to. Sometimes it can be thunderous. Sometimes it can be like 1 Kings 19 with Elijah, and it's like a still, small voice. And when you get the impressions, you've got to know, and what I'm hearing or what I'm impressed with, does this line up with this? Does this line up with the written word? You know, and if you don't know, then you can find out. You can talk to people. You can go to people that, this is another great thing to do. Go to people that are in spiritual authority. And say, hey, this is what I feel like God is saying. This is what I feel like I'm impressed with. This is what I feel like I'm hearing. And then get some feedback from them. Because sometimes people have come and said things to me. And I said, well, um, that actually is, is what you're hearing contradicts what the written word says. And so let me help you through this. And then oftentimes people say, hey, this is what I feel like. I'm saying, hey, that sounds great. Because you know what? It's confirmed right here. And so the, the, this is an authority. We've got other people that God puts in our lives that are spiritual authority that we can lean on, that we can go to with these kinds of things. 
But God is still speaking. The book of Revelation is, is John's account of a vision that he has with Jesus. And Jesus says this. He says, anyone who has ears must listen to what the Spirit is saying and understand what he's saying to the churches. So the truth is that God still speaks today because he wants to be in relationship with us. In John chapter 10, Jesus uses this metaphor of like him being a shepherd and we're the sheep. And this is what it says in verse 3. He says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, I think this is awesome. You know why? Because this is a picture of how personal Jesus wants to be with us. That he doesn't just say, hey, you. No, he says, hey, Tim. He says, hey, Jake. He says, hey, Mickey. He wants to be in a personal relationship with you. And he doesn't just leave us here to figure it out on our own, but it says that he leads us by his voice and calls us by name. And then Jesus goes on and he says, After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow. Why do they follow? Because they know his voice. You guys remember way, 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 way back in the day when none of us had caller ID. Some of you aren't old enough to remember that. But... Way, 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 way back in the day, people would call the telephone at your house that hung on the wall or sat on the table. It was plugged into the wall. <clears throat> I know, it's just a whole other world we live in today. And the phone would ring, and you wouldn't know who was calling. You wouldn't know, but way, 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 way back in the day, we were still really happy when the phone rang, and we would love to answer it to see who was on the other line if we didn't know. Nowadays, you know, you get a phone call, and you're like... I don't know this number. <laughs> Send a voicemail. You know, but we were still happy at the time to receive calls, even though we didn't know who was calling. And here's what would happen. The phone would ring. You'd run over. You would pick up the phone and say, hello. And then you would hear a voice on the other line, and oftentimes that voice would just say this, hey, it's me. And you knew exactly who it was. You knew, not because you had caller ID, not because they said, hey, this is, hey, it's JD. No, you knew their voice. You were in a relationship with them. And that's the kind of relationship God wants to have with us, that we know it's him because we've spent time with him. We've earned a relationship with him. We spent time in his word. We know the kinds of things that he says. We know what it, it sounds like. We know what it feels like. When God speaks to us, that's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you. God still speaks to us today. Sometimes he speaks to us that affects just even just our little everyday things in life. I remember one time uh, one of my youth pastors growing up told this story and it has just stuck with me all these all these years. He says one time he was just walking through a parking lot, walking through an asphalt parking lot, and there was just a random piece of gravel, gravel there, and he felt like he heard the Holy Spirit say, pick it up and put it in your pocket. And he goes, well, that's a really weird thing to do. Why, what in the world? You know, what is this going to change the world? But he did it. He picked up the piece of gravel, put it in his pocket, and went on his way through the parking lot. And so he said, well, God, what was that all about? And the Holy Spirit said, I'm just teaching you 
to listen to my voice, and you just need to practice being obedient. There's all kinds of things the Holy Spirit will catch us throughout the day. Maybe it'll be things like that where it's just like, hey, I want you to practice listening and obeying. And other times, it actually has an impact. It actually affects our everyday lives. You know, uh, so, sometimes, um, sometimes it's, it's, he's giving us direction. He's giving us correction. He's giving us instruction. We're going about our business and we need the encouragement. We need, we need the encouragement from the Holy Spirit to say, hey, you're believing lies over yourself. The enemy has spoken over you, whether you, it's just through thoughts or whether through people have said things to you. And you're believing lies, and he's encouraging us. He's speaking his truth over us. Some of the most pivotal moments in my personal life have been when I know, undoubtedly, God has spoken. One of the major ones, one of the first major ones that I can think of was, was I was in my late teenage years, and I thought I was on track to go into, uh, in, into a different career path. And had been, for like many years of my childhood and adolescence, I had my heart set on, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. And you know, sometimes you grow out of that. You're like, well, I'm going to be a fireman when, you grow, when I grow up. And you sometimes, you know, you get to like 14 years old, and you're like, I'm not going to be a fireman. I'm going to do something else. I'm interested in something else. But here I am in my late teen years, and I'm still set on that childhood dream. And the Lord arrested my heart, and he said, no, that's not what I've called you to do. That's not what I've put you on this planet to do. I've put you on this planet to be in fivefold ministry. You're going to give your life to the ministry. And that wasn't, that wasn't like heartbreaking for me. It wasn't like, oh, man, I had this dream, and I don't get to fulfill it. No, it wasn't that. It was like, yes, that's awesome. I got a word from God. I know what I'm doing with my life now. I was happy. Another time that I know, undoubtedly, that the Lord spoke to me. And each time, it's, it's not the same way every time. You know, sometimes it's, it's very similar. But other times, God speaks to you in ways that you just need to pay attention to sometimes. This time was different. I was in college. I was in a mess of relationships. I had... Two girls I was romantically involved with. I'll tell you the whole story another time. <clears throat> we don't have time for that today. But I'll tell you what, I was a mess. I was a train wreck. I didn't know what to do. And I said, God, I'm locking myself in my room, and I'm not coming out of here until I get a word from you of what I'm supposed to do. God, show me who I'm supposed to pursue things with. Or God... I'll break it off with, with all of them, and I'll just be celibate, and I'll just not date anybody, and I'll just, I'll just, be, just do whatever you want me to do, God. That's what I want. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. I wasn't giving God an ultimatum. It either has to be this thing or that thing. God, it can be whatever it is that you want to look like. I'll do it. And within 30 minutes, God had clearly laid out exactly what it is I'm supposed to do. And you know what? I'm glad he spoke. I'm glad I listened because I'm married to the most beautiful woman in the world today. And her name is Jamie Swilly. Later on the podcast, we'll edit out that weird pause and silence. Another time that I know undoubtedly that God spoke to us. And again, this is in different ways, in different ways, was when we, when Jamie and I and some of you were discerning 
is God calling us to plant seeds, church. And I'm telling you what, I'm so glad that he spoke, and I'm so glad that we listened. This is where you clap. Listen, let me tell you this. If you're facing big life decisions, maybe you're thinking about a move, like I'm going to move. Maybe you're thinking about changing jobs or careers or something like that. Maybe you're thinking about relationship stuff, starting a new relationship or breaking off a relationship, a divorce. Maybe it's a business deal or a big investment of some kind. Don't move on those things without first going to God and saying, God, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear your voice. I want you to speak to me. I don't want to move. It astounds me the number, not just people out in the world, but the number of believers in the church that are making these big decisions with their life and they're not even considering what does God want me to do? They're not going and say, God, I need to hear your voice. God, I need you to speak to me. They're just trying to figure it out on their own. And you don't have to. God has a plan for your life. Sometimes maybe God will give you a choice. But I think, I think he knows the best one. I feel like there's been some crossroads in my life where I felt like there, there was, I, I could go this way or that way. And God may, may bless whichever path I, I go down. Because he's a good father. Not to say that I would be disobedient in going down this way. I don't believe the Lord blesses disobedience. But sometimes we're chosen or we're given paths that seem lateral. But I don't even want to roll the dice. I want to know, God, which one is your best? That's what I want to know. And you can know the same thing. God still speaks today, and it's possible for us to hear him clearly. It's possible. But I want to talk a a few minutes about some things that that keep us from hearing him clearly. I want to talk about some WMDs, weapons of mass distraction. We we did a series called Distracted back in June, and if you weren't here for that, I encourage you to go back uh, on our website and find that. You can listen to it on Apple uh, podcasts. You can uh, watch it on YouTube or whatever. But go back to our website, seedschurchtn.com slash messages, and you can find all that. But I, I do want to hit on this, but I don't want to take the rest of the, our entire time here to talk about it because we did talk about it just a few months ago. But it's important for us to address it today, especially as it relates to hearing God's voice. So the first weapon of mass distraction that we're faced with is busyness. The truth is that God is speaking to us, and the truth is that we have a lot going on. And busyness is a weapon of mass distraction. It's very difficult to develop meaningful relationships with anyone whether it be our creator, whether it be the Holy Spirit, or whether it be our spouse or a friend, if we're just constantly busy, if we don't have enough time. In Luke chapter 10, Martha invited Jesus to her house. Martha had a sister named Mary. And so uh, Jesus comes, brings an entourage, and he comes to the house, and the crazy thing is, is that Martha does the inviting, 
says, Jesus, come to my house. And Jesus comes, and then Martha doesn't pay any attention to Jesus. Let's see here what it says. Luke chapter 10, verse 39. Martha had a sister named Mary, and she seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. So here's the picture. Hey, we're going to invite company over to the house. And we're going to eat. We're going to dine. We're going to have a good time. So there's things to do. There are things to do. We're not trying to like pretend that all, you know, that the stuff doesn't have to be done, that, that dinner doesn't have to be made, that the dishes don't have to be done, or whatever it is. We're not, we're not like just saying, well, that's not really happening. What we're discerning is what is most important right now. And Mary discerned that it was most important to hear God speak, to listen to what Jesus was saying. And it says, but Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. Isn't it remarkable? Martha made the invitation. said, Jesus, come. I want you to come to my house. I want you to come to where I live. And then he comes. But then she doesn't pay attention. I think sometimes that could easily describe a lot of us. We desire to have a relationship with God, but then we're so busy. We get so busy and we're so distracted with the, the needs of life that then we've invited him. He's come. He says, hey, I'm here. But then we don't pay attention. Listen, you're going to be a lot less likely to hear God's voice unless you slow down. Like any great relationship, you've got to make time for it. You've got to make time for God. Maybe it would be helpful for you to block out a time period on your daily schedule. And you say, hey, from this time to this time, I'm unavailable. The phone is going on, do not disturb. It's not even going to be in the same room. And I'm, I've got an appointment with God. This is what I'm doing. Man, there's story after story I could tell here. Um, John and Charles Wesley's mother had like 13 kids. Can you imagine 13 kids? Some of you are close, but you're not quite there. And can you imagine running a house with 13 kids and trying to find time for God? You know what she would do? She would sit down wherever she could sit, and she would take her apron and flip it over her head and say, this is my God time. And you think, well, man, if I did that, the kids would still be bothering me. They'd still be running around. They'd still be calling, mom, 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 mom. What is it? Hey, look at this, you know. And <laughs> um, But she was being intentional and saying, you know what, this is my God time. When you see the apron over my head, do not, mom is not here. Do not call me unless someone's bleeding or something's on fire. <laughs> She's making time for God. Listen, you've got to do it. I know how busy my life can get, personally. I know how easy it is for my life to get so full that if I don't make time for God... There is no time for God. If I don't make time for God, there is no time for God. So what I need to realize is that the quieter I become, the better I can hear. 
The quieter I become, the better I can hear. So do something practical. Shut the TV off. Close the laptop. Leave the phone at the house and walk out the door. Leave the busyness. Leave the activity and go for a walk and talk with God. I promise you, if you make time for God like that, you're going to be able to hear him more clearly. Another weapon of mass distraction that keeps us from hearing God's voice is competing voices. What does this mean? It means that, yes, God may be speaking to you, but you've got 100,000 other voices around you that are yelling at you, so how are you going to hear God's voice? If you've ever been in a large stadium, like a bowl-shaped stadium, and it's full and there's a game going on or a concert going on, you can't even hear someone that's like two seats away from you when they're trying to, maybe you got a friend that's over there and they're like, hey, you're like, what? I cannot hear you. Because there's 100,000 voices literally going on in this place. There's lots of noise happening here. I can't hear you and you're just six feet away from me. But if you take that exact same bowl stadium and you empty the thing out and it's just you and one other person, if you're in the right spot in that stadium, if you're in the very right location because of the way it's shaped, another person can be pretty far away from you and speak at a normal tone, at a normal volume level, and you can hear them crystal clear. Listen, you can hear more clearly when you get rid of of the competing voices. Think for a moment about what voices that you have in your life that are competing against God's voice. Some of you know what they are. Some of those voices need to be eliminated altogether. Some of them do. It's like just get them out of your life altogether. Like, I, this is not bringing me any life. It's not enriching my life in any way. As a matter of fact, it's just a distraction, and it's actually hurting me more than it's helping me eliminate it. And then there's other voices that just need to be restricted. They don't need necessarily to be eliminated, but they need some restriction. They need some adjustment. I heard this statistic this week, that kids that are ages between, uh, between the ages of 8 and 18, on average... Spend seven and a half hours a day on some form of media. That's staggering. 52 and a half hours a week are giving, being like we're listening to competing voices. And then some of us, we only give God one, an hour and a half every week. Do this. Try this this week. When you wake up in the morning, Instead of immediately, first thing, going to your phone, first thing in the morning, checking social media, checking your email, checking you know, Reuters news or whatever it is, check in with God. Before you say, hey, good morning, America. What's going on with you? And here's what's going on with me. Say, good morning, God. What's going on with you? What's going on with me? Let's spend less time on Facebook and more time in his book, Seeking His Face. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, 
We must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us, and we must focus on Jesus. Say that last part with me. We must focus on Jesus. It's our responsibility to focus. God's not going, hey, focus on me. Focus on me. Look here. Look at me. Woohoo! Woohoo! You guys ever seen uh, Three Amigos? And towards the beginning of that movie, you know, the Steve Martin's up on the rooftop and he's trying to get, you know, the other two guys to look at him. He's like, look up here. Look up here. Woohoo! Woohoo! You know, he's doing all these things. Hey, guys, look at me. And they finally like, oh, there he is. God's not doing that. That's not his MO. It's our responsibility to focus on Jesus, to tune in to what he's speaking. God's, uh, God's, the way God operates is not to out-yell the competition. Now, every once in a while, you do have that a road to Damascus experience. Every once in a while, you have that burning bush experience. But you know what? If you read the burning bush account, it said Moses turned aside. There it was. Bush was burning over there, but the bush didn't have legs run over to Moses. Moses turned aside and paid attention. So the idea is that this, in order to hear God's voice, I need to turn down the world's volume. In order to hear God's voice, I need to turn down the world's volume. There's one more weapon of mass distraction that keeps us from hearing God's voice, and that's the unprepared heart. This week I was having a couple of different conversations with people and this issue kind of came up. Not necessarily in this language, but it, in a roundabout way, it's really the same thing. Renee, you were over at the house and getting your hair cut and this, this came up in our conversation. And an unprepared heart keeps us oftentimes from hearing God's voice. Listen, you are in control of your heart. It's your responsibility to position yourself in a place where you go, all right, God, I want to hear you. It's not that God's necessarily like, you've got to jump through all these hoops. You've got to do this, that, and the other, and then I'm going to speak to you. No, he's speaking. He's speaking right now. He's speaking all the time. We just got to get in that place where he, we can hear him. One of the practical things you can do to prepare your heart is before you head to the worship service, before you come here and gather with the people of God, take five, take ten minutes, and just... Center yourself on Jesus. Just pray and say, God, I just, I'm centering myself on you. I'm preparing my heart. And you know what? That's going to prepare you to come in and receive from God. And it's going to also prepare you to, when you get something, to give it away. It's going to prepare you to not only receive, but to give. Jesus told this parable about the sower and the seed. And in this parable, the seed is the word of God. It's God's truth. It's him speaking. And the soil, there's five different soils in this parable, and the soil represent, represents different conditions of our hearts. And this is what Jesus says. Hey, I'm speaking. I'm throwing it out there. I'm sowing the seed. I'm giving you my truth. But it's just hitting rocky ground. Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, Jesus says, When anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. That would be like me coming here with mustard seed and just throwing it out here, down here out front on the theater where all this concrete is. Come back 10 years later, are there going to be any mustard plants here? No. 
Absolutely not. But if I take that exact same seed and I go outside and I find some fertile soil and I cast that seed and plant that seed, I can come back in 10 days and find sprouts. Listen, Jesus goes on to say, he says, it just remains on the surface. And here's what happens when it just remains on the surface. The evil one can come along and pluck it right out of that person's heart. So we have a part to play in preparing our heart, to preparing ourselves so that when God speaks, it begins to take root and the enemy can't just come along and snatch it away from us. In Robert Morris's book, Frequency, he says this. He says, God comes to a prepared environment. I like that. God comes to a prepared environment. The idea is that we're going to be able to hear God more clearly when we've prepared the environment to hear him. Again, it's not necessarily, it's not about a work that we do to please God. It's about a work that we do to prepare our own hearts to hear God because he's speaking already. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says, Let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within, that's inside my heart, that's the issues that I wrestle with in here, and without, like on the outside, the outward environment. There's things that I can do to prepare my outward environment even to help me hear God better. And it says, let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. Let's do this. Everybody stand up with me for a minute here. This is not, don't, this is not the end. This is just an illustration, okay? So here's what we're going to do. Everybody's standing up. We're in just a second, in just a moment, when I give the cue, we're going to release a sound into the room. Okay? The sound of heaven. No, this is not the sound of heaven. But we're going to release a sound into the room, and if you can hear it, if you can hear the sound, just be seated. If you can't hear the sound, just remain standing. It's that easy. Okay, is everybody ready? Are you sure? (laughs) All right, release the sound. Oh, wow. You are kidding me. Like, I can't hear a thing. I can't hear it. No. Okay, all right. Everybody stay where you are. I want us to take uh, just notice here that a lot of the people here that are hearing that sound, just take a look at their age. I mean, (laughs) if you can't hear that sound, it means you're old. Now, I know some of you, you can't hear it, and maybe you're a little bit younger, but then you've got the same kind of like uh, hearing loss issues that I have by uh, standing right by the cymbals, the drummer hitting the cymbals over and over and over. Now, I've, I, but anyway, all right, everybody have a seat. Thank you for participating with me on that. That was crazy. Here's the thing. What, what, what that was... If you sat down, what you heard was 17.4 kilohertz, that, that frequency. That's what you heard. In, in the sound world, it's often referred to as mosquito tone. And, and, and so the reason, again, why some of us didn't hear it uh, is because we're old, all right? So, but, but here's the thing. Every single one of us, at one point in our lives, we could hear that frequency, At one point in our lives, we could hear that. As a matter of fact, 
Last night, I had that frequency playing on my laptop, and I came out of my office, out into the larger living space downstairs, and my youngest daughter, Jocelyn, who's nine years old, was in the kitchen, and she was probably anywhere, you know, somewhere maybe almost as far as I am to that exit sign where Jesse is standing right now. And I couldn't hear a thing. I had my laptop turned up to just like 50% volume. It was playing. I came out, and Jocelyn, who was in the kitchen... She goes, oh my gosh, what is that sound? Turn it off. It's awful. But I couldn't hear a thing. But every once in a while, or not not every once in a while, but at some point in every one of our lives, we could hear it. We could hear that sound. But the older you get, the more dull your ears become. You have hearing loss in some way. And uh, you lose the ability to hear certain frequencies at normal volume. And spiritually speaking, sometimes it's the same way. You go about life, and you're beat up by life, and your life is full of busyness and so many competing voices and so many things, and you have an unprepared heart that you don't hear the voice of God speaking. Maybe that's why Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus wasn't talking about like a heaven and hell issue there when he said that. He wasn't talking about if you die, are you going to go to heaven or are you going to go to hell? you got to be like a child to get to heaven. No, he's talking about the kingdom, which Jesus told us to pray in Matthew chapter 6. The kingdom that's in heaven, we are supposed to pray that it comes here to earth. And so Jesus is saying, unless you become like a child, unless you unbusy yourself, unless you uncomplicate yourself like children... You're going to miss out on all the great things that God wants to do with his kingdom here on earth. The redeeming thing is that God can do a work in our lives. Where those of us that have spiritual hearing loss, where those of us that have been spiritually deaf, God can do a work in our lives and bring healing and wholeness and restoration to us, that we can hear his voice again, that we can dream again, that we can trust him again. Listen, let me share with you real quickly, we're going to close out here, some ways that you can prepare your heart to hear God's voice. First one is this. I hear God speak when I read his word. Those of you that have been believers for any number of years, you know this truth. This is not something new that you're hearing. So maybe I'm speaking this to you right now, and it's a reminder of something that you knew, but maybe you're not doing now. Maybe if you are here and you don't know anything about Christianity, you, don't know, any, you know very little about following Jesus, let me tell you right now, this is a habit that you want to make in your life, is to read the Word of God on a regular basis, Because this is a primary way that we can hear the voice of God. It's one of the easiest ways because his his words are already recorded here. Many of the things that he wants to say, he just wants to illuminate to us what he's written already here. Psalms 119.105 says that your word is like a lamp into my feet. It's like a light to my path. So the Bible doesn't just exist for like historical record. It's not a self-help book. It's the Word of God. And so when you hear the Word of God, 
whether it's the spoken word, something the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, or whether it's the written word of God and you're reading it right here in this book, it's there to illuminate to us who God is and who He says you are and what He wants for your life and what He wants to do through your life here on earth. It's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. It's like a 3D movie. We're sitting here in a movie theater right now. They play 3D movies in here. And you, you come in, you sit down, you put on your 3D glasses, and then boom, the movie starts, and images are just jumping off the screen at you. You're like, man, this is, this is amazing. This is a whole other level. And you can sit, be sitting there reading the scriptures, and the Holy Spirit's boom, jumping off the page at you with revelation, and it's changing your life. It's changing your heart. It's having an effect on every single part of your life. If you're not in the habit of reading your Bible, some practical things that you can do. Number one, download the YouVersion app. If you have a smart device, a tablet or a phone, download the YouVersion app. Enable notifications from that thing. They'll send you a verse of the day. You can subscribe to all kinds of wonderful reading plans, Bible study plans, one-year Bible plans. You know, I've heard some people say, well, I don't like doing the one-year Bible thing because it's just so mechanical and yada, yada. I understand that. That's great. It doesn't have to be one single way. But if you are in the habit and the one-year Bible plan, the one-year Bible, reading through the Bible in one year, it can be a powerful tool in your life if that's the way that the Holy Spirit leads you, and you don't have to be in condemnation if you, if you miss a day. Like, oh my gosh, I've disappointed God because I missed a day. You know, just pick up the next day. Just pick it up. Read through the book of Proverbs. Pick one day of the month and read a chapter in Proverbs. There's one chapter for every day of the month. Read through the Gospel of John. There's all kinds of ways. Go to my friend Jeff's website, Jumpstart 3, and download songs where he takes... These scriptures puts them to song so it's easy for us to memorize, especially with our kids. And we can be planting the word of God in our kids' lives. There's a million different ways, a million different tools to do this. But make it a priority. Why? Because, well, I've got to do this to please God. No, I want to do this because I want to hear the voice of God. Because God is showing me who he is and who I am and what he wants for my life. And that's what I want. That's what I desire. Maybe you've done those things. You've gotten off track. We're in a new season right now. Summer's coming to a close. Fall is beginning. School has started. It's time to make a new commitment. Go for it. The next thing you can do to position yourself to hear God's voice is by cultivating His presence. What does that mean? Cultivating His presence. How do you do that? There's two ways I know you can do that through. Through worship and prayer. Through worship and prayer, all throughout the scriptures, we see God is attracted to worship and prayer. So if you're trying to find God, just start worshiping. Just start praying. He'll find you. Because he's attracted by that. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says that God is constantly looking through the earth to see who showed up at church today. No, that's not what it said. It says God is constantly looking Roaming throughout the earth and looking for those whose hearts are fully devoted to him. John chapter 4, Jesus said, God is looking for the worshipers. He's looking for them. You know, that's exactly what we do every single Wednesday night. Every single Wednesday night, we gather for prayer and worship. And I cannot tell you how many times I've heard stories like this. 
man, tonight we were having prayer and worship, and I felt like the Lord spoke something to my heart. And then all of a sudden, a few minutes later, someone came over to me, and they said, hey, I feel like the Lord is saying this, or I have a word for you. And they said the exact same thing that the Lord was saying to me. And then you know what happened? Someone got up on the microphone and prayed a scripture and it dealt with the same thing that the Lord was speaking to me. And then our psalmists, our song leaders, they, they begin prophetically singing out something and it had something to do exactly with my situation with what God was speaking to me. I can't, it happens every week. Every single week I hear that story. Listen, God is attracted to prayer and worship. Cultivate his presence. You want to hear God's voice? Cultivate his presence. Let me give you one more way you can prepare yourself to hear the voice of God. I hear God speak when I get planted in a church. I hear God speak when I get planted in a church. You know what? It doesn't even have to be this church. It doesn't have to be this church. If, if Middle Tennessee has so many great churches, if I wasn't called here to Seeds Church, there's 10 other churches. That would be like, that's a great church. There's many great churches here. It doesn't have to be this one. But get planted where God wants you to be planted. Don't just attend once a month. Don't just show up and just quietly sit there once a month. Dive in. Get invested. Get planted. So much so to the point where you can start developing some roots. This coming Saturday, we've got DNA. Give us a few hours of your Saturday morning. It's like one of the easiest ways to just jumpstart and start getting connected. If, if, uh, if, if you've not been water baptized, if you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus and you've never been water baptized, get water baptized. Go in. Go all in. We're going to have a water baptism. We're going to have a, a baptism Sunday, October 21st. We'll tell you how you can register for that later. Get in a small group. Go on our website. Get into a city group. Find out the list, the times, the locations. Find out what works for you and get in it. Just make the decision. If my church is doing it, then I'm going to do it. I'm going all in. I'm going to dive in. Psalm 92, verse 11. This is not up here. Just listen. My eyes have seen the downfalls of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow, grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Get planted in the house of God. I said this almost a year ago. Almost a year ago I said this. And I'll say it again. And I'll say it again. And I'll say it again. Give us a year of your life. It won't even take a full year. But make the commitment. Give us a year of your life. Get invested in this community. Go all in. Dive in. Participate in the, in the initiatives that we do. Get into serving. Get into a, a life group or a city group. Whatever it is we call them. <laughs> I promise you that in 12 months from now, you can look back and say, I heard God here, and I heard him speak here, and I heard him speak here, and I heard God here. And because of that, my life has changed, and it's different. I promise you.
Listen. Bananas don't grow in Canada. Amen. Right? It is true. Bananas grow in places like Mexico. They do, in different climate, different environment. So if you want the right fruit, you've got to cultivate the right environment. If you want the right fruit, cultivate the right environment. Cultivate His presence through prayer, through worship. Get planted in a church. Read His Word. You'll hear God speak. Won't you stand with me and we'll pray. God, I thank you that you are still speaking. So happy about that, God. So happy that you're not like, hey, I'm just leaving you here on the earth to figure it out on your own. God, I'm so happy that you call me by name, that you lead me. And God, we just make the declaration that we want to hear your voice. Just right there where you're standing right there. Would you just say, God, I want to hear your voice. Yes. Holy Spirit, help us be aware of your presence. Help us be aware of your voice. Help us be aware of your leading. Help us tune out the distractions and tune in to your voice. Help us cultivate our hearts. Help us cultivate our environments, God, to hear what you're already saying to us. God, I pray that you would give us the ideas that we need to cultivate. Holy Spirit, illuminate things into our lives where we can make the corrections. Where we may need to just cut some things out altogether. We may need to restrict some things where that voice is not so loud and I'm not listening to those voices as much as I'm listening to them. Get, uh, illuminate that within us right now, Holy Spirit. God, we ask you to connect us with the right people. Connect us with the right people who are going to walk alongside us. That they can be a sounding board for when we hear the voice of God. That they may even speak and we hear the voice of God through them even. Help us be aware. Help us pay attention. We want to hear you speak your truth over us, God. We don't... We want to hear your voice and not follow another. We want to hear what you say about the issues that we're facing. We, we want to hear you, God. When you speak, everything changes. Some of you might be here today and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you now. And you, you, didn't, you don't even know. You didn't even know that it was the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been far from God. Maybe you're, you're not following Jesus. Maybe you never have, or maybe it's just been a long time. But the Holy Spirit is speaking to you now, and He's saying, come home. Come home. I want to give you the opportunity right now, before you leave today, to make the decision in your heart, that's me, I'm going to come home. 
I'm going to come and make my home in the courts of our God. I want to flourish. I want to grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. If that's you today, I just want you to be just bold with me. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And you, I want to invite you to pray with me. I'm not going to make you come down to the front. But I, I do want to see who we're praying with today. If that's you today and you're here and you say, yeah, that's me. I'm far from God, but I don't want to be here in this place any longer. I want to be in the place where I'm close to God. Would you just simply just raise your hand where I can see? Yeah, I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. All right. Maybe maybe you're on the fence. Maybe you're not sure. That's okay. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm planting a seed in you. I'm watering a seed someone else maybe has already planted. It's okay. God's patient with you. He's kind. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. All of his wrath was poured out on Jesus at the cross. So let's pray. Everybody, I just want to invite everyone in the room to pray this with me. And for those of us that are in good standing with God, we're like, hey, things are great. This is just an affirmation of your hope and your trust in Jesus. And this is, this is the believer's prayer. So just pray this without after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come and I bring my life to you. My past, my present, and my future. I give it all to you. I'm tired of doing life my own way. Forgive me. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that God raised you from the dead. And I declare that you are in charge of my life now. You're my boss. You're my Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Change my life. Transform my life. Take it from where it is now to where you want it to be. And make a difference with my life, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.